Welcome to Blind Like Me, the podcast. We share inspirational stories from the visually impaired community and explore accessible technology and services. Blind Like Me is a community of shared experiences, motivating each other to break down barriers. Your host is Tim Black. Tim has been in the broadcast industry for over 30 years in Canada and was the first legally blind student in British Columbia to attend public school. Tim has never let his disability stand in the way of his goals. Well, thanks for listening to this week's edition of Blind Like Me. We appreciate you listening to our podcast wherever you're listening from. Make sure you tell others about Blind Like Me so they can experience what we're doing here as well. And we realize that uh, over the last while, we have not had regular episodes of Blind Like Me. Well, we're trying to rectify that as we uh, get into the fall and winter months. It's kind of easier to track people down. They're not on summer vacation. But if you have an interesting story or you know somebody who has an interesting story, make sure you connect the two of us. All right? Go to our website website, blindlikeme.net, blindlikeme.net, and uh, shoot us a note and uh, we'll connect with that person and maybe get them on Blind Like Me. Well, this week on Blind Like Me, we welcome James Warnkin. Now, James is undertaking an interesting adventure. Over the last couple of months, he has started to learn how to optimize websites for the blind and visually impaired make it easier for you to access those sites. The other thing he wants to do is expand upon that and and learn how to make websites more accessible for people with other disabilities as well. Kind of a neat undertaking. James has a marketing background. He also is a skateboard kind of dude. Yeah, we're going to find out more about that in just a bit as well. We welcome James to the podcast this week. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. Thank you very much for uh, for hanging out with us here on uh, Blind Like Me. You yourself have, uh, c- the reason that we can connected with you uh, that we're going to get into in, in just a little bit here is talking about uh, making websites uh, more accessible for those with disabilities. We're going to talk about that because it's not just what you're working towards for the blind and visually impaired, but you're also working for, you know, towards making websites uh, accessible for, you know, people with other disabilities as well. So we'll talk about that. And y- you're learning this, you're just starting this venture, right? Correct. Excellent. Just a couple months ago. Good for you, man. That's awesome. Well, let's find a little bit about you, uh, James. You've been, uh, visually impaired since, uh, nine years old. And where did this, this all start for you? So it's kind of a funny story. Um, looking back on it, it's been 15 years now since I was diagnosed, I was in a church play. And I, the lady with like the cards to read off of was Mm. in the back um, of the church and I couldn't see to read my lines in the play. Um, So my mom scheduled me a doctor's appointment, a couple doctor's appointments later, one of them finally figured out, Hey, he's not just being stubborn. Um, He actually has some, something going on. And so a couple trips to the Cleveland clinic and a bunch of testing and we came to the conclusion that I have what's called genetic retinal dystrophy or a variation of Cohn's and Roth's disease. Okay. And what has that done to your vision then? How, how, how do you see now? So for me, whenever I try to describe it to somebody, I describe it as kind of a mixture of being near and farsighted at the same time. Okay. So I, I can't read 12 point font. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be a little bit larger than that. And then the further away something is from me, the blurrier or the more blurry it gets. And so like kind of the close quarters proximity is where I'm still able to see, like I can still 
um, get around my house. I can get around the work office. I can take my dogs for a walk. Like I can still see to do all of those kind of things. Um, it's just like the farther away or the closer it is, the harder it is for me to see. What was life like when you got into, uh, first of all, the diagnosis, the changing of your life? How do you remember that? Yeah, I actually do. And I think it actually hit my mom a lot harder than it hit me. Right. Um, because I was a nine-year-old kid. I, I, they told me I was losing my vision to me. I didn't fully understand what that meant. And fortunately for me, it's been such a gradual process that I don't even notice. I have adapted as it happens. <laughs> yep. I don't even remember what it's like to have 2020 vision anymore. Right. Because now it's been 15 years and I've just been slowly get like my vision has been slowly getting worse and I've just adapted to it. So it's, it really is just a normal thing for me that mm -hmm. is crazy to other people what I'm able to do, <laughs> even though my vision is uh, above this, the threshold of being legally blind. So what are the things that amaze people that you can do? Um, skateboarding by far. Really? Um, yeah, man, I can't so, do, I can't, no ballots, not at all. I can't do that. <laughs> I, I was diagnosed when I was nine. I was probably 11 or 12 when I convinced my mom to let me get a skateboard uh -huh. and I would sit in my basement or my driveway for hours teaching myself how to, to do different tricks. And I think there's a couple of videos on my TikTok and my Instagram of like some of the tricks of over the last 12 years I've learned. So. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Good for you. I, as I say, I've, I've, every time I step on a skateboard, I step right back off. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> wanna... other than this, other than the skateboarding drawing, I've always been a pretty creative person. Okay. My brothers and I used to sit at the computer screen and look up cartoon characters and draw them based on what we could see on the screen. Or yeah. the other thing that I do almost nightly is playing Xbox. Okay. Um, I'm not a big TV person, but when it comes to playing Xbox, that's one of my kind of daily must-haves is an hour to two hours just kind of hanging out with my friends and my brothers playing Xbox. Right. And what are you guys playing? Uh, you name it. Anything from <laughs> Call of Duty, Fortnite. Nice. Uh, there's a bunch of new games coming out that we're all pretty excited for. So. Nice. Now, have you done any adaptation to those? Like, Do you do anything different for yourself for playing those games? I sit about four inches from the TV. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> so, so you're like me, the same thing then. Just get really, really close. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody goes, get your head out of the way. Yeah. Either that or like when new people are around, they're like, tell me it's bad for my eyes to sit that close to the TV. <laughs> and it's like, you're it's like, not going to do anything. Yeah. The other thing about you, uh, James is really cool is, uh, you do marketing. Tell me a little bit about your, uh, you know, college experience and, you know, going through college and then, and getting into the career that you are currently in. So going into college, I'm going to preface this story with saying I was not the greatest high school student. Um, school was not my thing in high school. Um, get going into college though, big transition in my life um, in terms of the way I looked at the world and looked at the future. Um, as, as a blind professional, I learned quickly that I needed to do a lot more planning prior to doing anything in life. Mm -hmm. um, so whether that was the start of a new semester and getting the large print or the digital versions of my books or 
going in a week early to plan out my route between classes or to meet with my different professors and make them aware of the accommodations that I needed. The planning aspect and uh, getting organized were two of the like crucial things that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. But over the course of the five years I was in school, I got pretty good at that and decided like, hey, I'm I'm good at kind of figuring out a plan of execution for myself. I actually started a small clothing line that I closed down when I graduated, but it was um, shirts that I was designing and pressing and packing and shipping myself completely. Um, that ended up leveraging and kind of springboarding me into the digital marketing space um, where I built my own website. I optimized it. I ran all the social medias, mm. basically running a company by myself while being full-time in school. Mm. And that kind of experience for me is one of the kind of turning points in my life that like really brought out the hustle side of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that led to three different internships and ultimately graduating college and having my own marketing company mm-hmm. that a year after graduating, I merged with the company I'm currently with called Apex Communications Network, where um, I kind of just get to do what I want and work with who I want. And they are super supportive. And when I went to them and said, hey, I'm going to dive down the rabbit hole of making accessible websites, they were um, in full support immediately. Isn't that wild? That's awesome. What a great story, man. It's it's definitely been a wild five and a half years, but uh-huh. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. What's the biggest takeaway that you have learned in the marketing world? From me personally, it would probably come from when I was doing my internship in Washington, D.C., um, I was at a conference and one of the speakers at the conference told the entire group of people to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And that is basically my life in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I love to put myself into new situations, try new things, experience just as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I'm very rarely going to turn some an opportunity down regardless mm-hmm. of the the experience or the pay or whatever those factors are if it's something new to me that captures my interest mm-hmm. even if i'm not fully comfortable or confident with it or whatever that looks like i'm more than likely going to take it um so just get comfortable being uncomfortable and trying new things even if you don't consider yourself an expert in it Everybody starts somewhere and has to learn at some point. That's very true. The blind and visually impaired world have really moved to uh, TikTok. It's it's quite the place for the blind and visually impaired. And why is that? What do you think? I think it's just because of the ease of access. Um, there was kind of the buildup over the pandemic that everybody was on TikTok dancing and yep. reacting and doing all of their um, videos. And I think. From my perspective, at least, there is a niche for everything, mm-hmm. whether you're selling coffee or you're talking about accessibility and living the life of someone with a disability. I think there's a niche for everybody. And the volume of people flocking to TikTok made it very easy for those niches to kind of show themselves. And 
there are some incredible people in the blind talk community that I watch pretty much on a daily basis that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when I started to see what they were doing, I was like, basically like thinking in my head, why am I not doing this? And then as I got into the accessibility, I had a mentor of mine basically give me the nudge that I needed to really start making the kind of content that I thought would add value to somebody else and give kind of an insight. And that's kind of where it all started for me was watching these other people and seeing what they were doing and then kind of adding a little tiny bit to it Mm -hmm. that um, other people may or may not have understood or gathered or um, what, what have you. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you're uh, working on now and, and you've just been doing it for a couple of months. And that's when uh, somebody with a, a disability goes to a website. Uh, we're going to talk, obviously, uh, vision and uh, you know, low vision and no vision, but we're also you're also working on some other uh, aspects of that. So what have you found and why did, why did you want to go this way to develop the websites for those with disabilities? For, for me, it just seemed like a, a pretty natural transition, to be honest with you. Um, I've grown up, um, I was kind of that last generation where I didn't get a cell phone until I was 16. Um, so I, I haven't always known technology, but right. as new things come out, I always want my hands on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, getting an iPad in college to read my textbooks on rather than having a CCTV made me feel a lot more comfortable. So I know the power of accommodating for yourself with technology. And one of the frustrations that I run into building, designing, and working in websites is why does this not enlarge when I need it to? Why can't I zoom in? Why can't I? All of these why questions that I was running into on a daily basis from a professional aspect, um, I then I connected with some people that started to ask me questions like, are you auditing your websites for accessibility? Who are you making your website accessible to? And I, I honestly didn't have an answer. Right. Um, I, I had no idea that this world was out there as far as auditing for accessibility for people with hard of hearing, people with low vision, people with no vision. And when I started to get asked those questions, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to turn down a challenge or an opportunity. I started asking them questions and gathering insight and doing my own research. And um, over the last couple of months, I have done so much research to just try to get a broad understanding. And through that, and the, the mentors that I have around me have learned so much that I'm just now starting to actually play around in the back end of a website to make a form accessible to somebody with no vision or to add in a button that takes somebody with hard of hearing and take them to a page with a written transcription of the video. Right. Um, so it's, it's really been kind of a, a slow process, mm-hmm. but for, for me personally, I love the process more than I love the end result. So for me, I'm just enjoying as much learning and as much absorbing of other people's experiences, Mm -hmm. which is why I spend so much time on TikTok, because that's where people are sharing their experiences. And I'm actually learning from it. You know, several who I've 
chatted to on this podcast uh, that we found on TikTok and some amazing stories. And I, and, and I applaud all of those people who are doing that, uh, that creation. The level that you feel like you connect with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially in the last couple of years with like YouTube and Twitch and mm-hmm. now TikTok, mm-hmm. you almost feel like you're friends with that person, even though you've never even talked to them. Right. And for me, from a learning aspect, the more people are open about those experiences and kind of owning it, the more I'm going to be able to better serve them whenever mm-hmm. they're going to a website to shop or to learn or to listen or interact or engage. Mm-hmm. That just is going to make me more effective mm-hmm. for them down the road. So huge thanks. In, in what you've learned so far, um, somebody is developing a website right now. Uh, you know, maybe they're listening to this and and they're saying, Hey, I'm about to do that for my website. Give me three things that right off the top of your head, you would, you know, make sure that is part of a website for somebody with a disability. So first thing I would say to do is to make sure that it functions correctly with a screen reader. Right. Um, I've sat through a couple of zoom calls and watched how a screen reader goes through a website Mm -hmm. and, Oftentimes, if there aren't specific things put in place, the screen reader will skip over them. It will completely ignore entire sections. Or if it requires input like a form, it it doesn't give them enough information to accurately fill out the form. So the biggest thing would be to make sure that it responds and functions properly with a screen reader. The second thing would be for the low vision community, be mindful of your color contrast and your text sizes and how it responds to different screen sizes. I've seen a bunch of websites that when you try to increase the magnification from 100 to 150%, the text size only increases by a half of a pixel. That's not near enough for somebody like me who's legally blind. Uh Um, And then the third thing would be in terms of the functionality and just kind of making it clear where that link or that button or that picture is going to take them whenever they click on it. So if it's going to open in a new window, make that known. Okay. Good idea. That's a very good idea. If it's going to open in the same tab, then you're fine. And don't use buttons that say click here or learn more or that are just kind of ambiguous. Try to be a little bit more descriptive with that. Now I'm going to make you go uh, check our website, uh, blindlikeme.net, and make sure it works good. Because I know I flew it through a couple of other people who have visual impairments uh, and one guy who does use a screen reader. But I'd love your opinion on it when you get a chance. Well, for me, the form that you sent me was very easy for me to use. And I awesome. did it on my phone. So. Good. <laughs> my wife gets credit for that, by the way. <laughs> she de- she designed it so there you go uh james this is all very cool information what technology do you use by your uh for yourself by the way i'm a big apple fan uh-huh. so any anything apple iphone ipad yeah. macbook yeah all of this um prior to technology i know some people um may still use them i'm not entirely sure but i used a CCTV. I mm-hmm. learned how to read Braille. I learned how to use a cane. Mm-hmm. I don't use Braille or a cane, mm-hmm. but I know and I understand the value that having those skills may be useful in the future. So, right. Uh, out, outside of my my computers, my iPad, 
I, I always have somebody with me, mm-hmm. um, whether that's my fiance or one of my coworkers or a family member. Mm-hmm. I typically try to avoid being out of my house alone mm-hmm. just because of the, I, it's not that I don't trust myself. I don't trust other people, um, <laughs> per se. Yep. Yep. Um, so like if I'm crossing a road, I, I don't know who's driving the car and if they're going to blow through a red light or not. So right. to me, I get very nervous when I'm out by myself, just because I don't really know the behaviors and the tendencies of those around me. Well, I'll tell you, if you take your uh, cane with you, that really stops traffic. <laughs> just, I'm just saying my kids, my kids, when they were little, called it my magic stick. <laughs> it's because we could, we could stop traffic just like that. So, you know, there's a little tip for you. What advice uh, would you give to uh, someone who is, you know, just maybe going into college, university, they're listening to this podcast for the first time. Uh, What advice would you give that person with a visual impairment who's, you know, feeling frustrated about, uh, about life and are they going to have the career that they want? So for me, it was all about like connecting with people and owning it. So I, all through high school, I tried to hide the fact that I had a visual disability and looking back now, the difference it made in college, owning it and being comfortable saying I'm legally blind and being able to announce like, Hey, I need help with this. I can't see this versus in high school, trying to hide the large print papers or the fact that I was going to a different room for testing. Mm -hmm. When I was open and confidently telling people that I had a visual disability, Mm -hmm. my life got so much easier mm-hmm. in terms of the amount of stress that I felt, the uncomfortableness that I was feeling. And people aren't out to judge you. They're not out to get you. If you ask for help, nine out of 10 people are going to help you. Right. It's not, it's not something to be upset about. It's not something to try to hide. It's not something to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. You have no control over it. And people understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the the general public gets enough credit for how helpful they can be if asked, but mm-hmm. you have to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, the lady that ran the accessibility at the university that I went to said that their accessibility program, they had students coming into college that didn't even know they had a disability until they got to college. And until they started asking questions, they would have gone all the way through college in their career without ever knowing it. So don't be afraid to ask for, ask questions, ask for help. Just, just be open and be confident, own it. Advice you'd give to the sighted community. That, that's a tough question. I, I patience, I guess would be the, the biggest one. Um, I know even some of the people that I'm around um, get a little bit impatient because it might take me a little bit longer to look at a menu. It might take me a little bit longer to read something or, to understand something because of how big the text is and just be patient and don't point out the obvious, I guess. Mm-hmm. If somebody's not comfortable stating that they have a visual disability, don't ask them where their glasses are. Just right. kind of, just let it be mm-hmm. and be patient. And um, everybody's different. Everybody's going to accommodate for themselves differently and going to need different things. Mm-hmm. And if they need it, they'll ask you. If not, then just kind of politely mind your own business, I guess. It's a nice way of putting it, James. 
Where do people connect with you, my friend? Where do they find you on TikTok, Instagram? So all of my handles, I believe, are the Apex Chaser. So T-H-E, Apex, Chaser. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, TikTok. I recently made a YouTube channel, but there's like three videos on it. And that, that's pretty much it as of right now. Excellent. James, thanks very much for spending some time with us and talking about uh, the accessibility for uh, websites and what you do. And I wish you all the success, my friend. Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Blind Like Me. If you have a story idea or you'd like to share information about new assistive technology, visit us at blindlikeme.net or send an email to info at timblackonair.com. Blind Like Me is a timblackonair.com production.